I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Just watching this, we're having some thunderstorms, so uh, there we go. We are popping up online everywhere. It's great to have you on this Monday. Uh, you know, sometimes things happen that are not a part of the plan. And, and I'm, again, I'm watching as, there we go, YouTube popped up. Uh, we got Facebook going, and there they go. It's a little slow, you know. Things don't always go the way that you feel like they should, and you got to be able to roll with it because things shift. Uh, and when that happens, what do you do? And, you know, this is just a technical thing. That's, hello, Loretta. Good to see you. Okay, so we got people watching live. Um, the technical thing is a small thing, right? But sometimes we get these big shifts in life that we did not plan. And they can really rock our our world. What do we do when that happens? That is the topic today. And I have a wonderful guest with me, Michelle McKinney Hammond is Michelle McKinney Hammond is with us today. She's been on before, and it's always good to talk to her. She has got a book out, and don't just pay very close attention to this title, okay? <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> when shift happens, uh, and she's got the if emphasized in there, because when things shift and they're not a part of the plan, it puts a big if, uh, and a what if, and a what's going on <laughs> in, your, in your path. And so we're, we're going to... We're going to talk about that today because, uh, fortunately, uh, the Bible has some things to say when uh, our plans go awry. Michelle, how are you? It's good to have you on Life Today Live. I am great. Good to see you again. All right. I got to I gotta just start right here. What's up with that title? Because I know you get a lot of sideways looks <laughs> on that one. Well, you know, we fooled around with that title, and uh, my publisher actually championed it because <laughs> that's that's the point, isn't it? Life does happen. Shift happens in our lives. Everything is not a full pivot. Sometimes they're just those cracks and crevices where things start to move around us and we're like, whoa, what's going on? Um, so, And there is. You got it right away. You're so on point. There's a big if in the middle of the shifts in our life because even though we want change a lot, we don't really like it because of the unknown factor. Yeah, yeah. You've, uh, you've experienced some of this. Mm -hmm. Talk about what you've walked through. Oh, boy. I've had some major shifts, Randy. And, you know, you've walked with me through the years, so you know about a few of them. Everything from, you know, my boyfriend getting shot, which led me to Christ, to being hit by a car, which led me to writing my first book, to me getting fired and rehired from my job twice, which plummeted me into ministry, and I haven't looked back since. <laughs> so I'm going to say that all shifts, even though they might be hair-raising in the moment, ultimately are good depending on how we respond they're inevitable but how we respond is optional you know i like that you say that because that is so true uh, and it's it's true in in all facets of life um when we act uh out of a principle instead of reacting out of a bad circumstance it really changes not only how we respond, but how we view the whole event. Um, right. What What are some of the things that led you to believe that these changes can actually be good? Because a lot of people get stuck right there. 
I think it started with my basic belief, Randy, that God is good. So no matter what he allows in my life, he's got a good backup plan for it and an even greater leap into something higher and greater for my good. Uh, I, I firmly believe that everything has to get past his desk. And if he allows it past his desk, he's using it as a detour to set us up for something that's even greater than what we got used to and probably grown a little comfortable in. And so sometimes he allows that divine discomfort to come in, in circumstances and situations that plummet us or, or, or they are the catalyst for us moving forward and upward. I, I Gosh, I think you nailed it. Because when when things happen that we, we don't expect, we think that it, we can even say, you know, I don't, that wasn't even God's will for my life. Mm-hmm. If we question God's goodness in it, I think, I think that's where we go way, way wrong. And I don't think you'll ever get a good conclusion out of a bad assumption that maybe right. you know, God's not as, as good as we thought. But if you know he's good, then we can ask the question, which is actually in the subtitle of your book, where you say, say yes to your next Mm-hmm. When that what's thing next? happens, what's next, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 What do we do exactly. with Exactly. You know, I mean, when I got hit by the car, and that was an, a, an ordeal. It wasn't an overnight fix. I had to have three operations. Um, I was in bed for a year and a half. Mm. And, uh, you know, people were saying, well, you don't have enough faith to get up. And I said, well, if it was about faith, I wouldn't have gotten hit by the car in the first place. I would never (laughs) believe that God would allow such a thing. But I'm busy trying to find out what he wants to do with where I am right now. So my question was never why. It was always what. What is next, Lord? Mm -hmm. What do you want me to do while I'm on this bed? And it was finish that book that you started a year ago and got distracted and never finished. And can I tell you, Randy, I mean, I did that. I had a friend named Karen who would come over every Sunday and write query letters to publishers while I laid in bed and wrote that book. And Harvest House picked it up. It sold out of its uh, first 12,000 copies in Mm. three weeks and changed the course of my life forever. So that one year in bed changed my life forever for the good. And that's amazing. You probably weren't prepared for that no uh, not at all i was on my way to a voiceover audition for hamburger helper <laughs> <laughs> did you get got it hit by the, I, I never got oh there you never got to I oh okay. down into the middle of the street by this car <laughs> so um i missed the audition but god had a greater role for me and uh i look back at that time and i go who would have ever thunk that's what would have come out of it you know mm. but Sometimes he's got to sit us down in order to lift us up. Yeah, and you know, one of the things you address in the book is you, you talk about how the world really doesn't necessarily prepare us for those unexpected shifts. Um, how, how have you learned to better prepare for the other ones that have, have come into your life by walking through some of the previous ones? Well, I've come to an understanding that life is seasonal. And literally the book is broken into seasons, mm-hmm. you know. Um, in Chicago, I'm here now. I brought my dog with me from Ghana, who's never seen snow. And she's just like, wow, (laughs) what is this? She's not used to seasons. Cause I always say in Ghana, it's the seasons are hot, hotter and hottest. But we know that in Chicago, we really do have the reality of, of spring, summer, fall and winter. 
and that each of those seasons has a purpose in our lives. It prepares, and each season prepares you for the next season. And so when we recognize the season that we're in, we're able to adjust our mindset for the things that are happening in our lives. You know, fall is, is a time of, of preparation. It's harvest, but it's also a planting season. And so sometimes in the middle of getting some good stuff, you need to know how to reinvest that good stuff in preparation. And then there's that time in our lives in winter where it looks like nothing's happening and everything's dead on the surface, but there's a lot going on beneath the surface, mm -hmm. preparing for spring when things bud and flourish and we come back into a place of, of fruitfulness and, and summer, we enjoy it all in the fullness of it. And so when we understand the season we're in, we also understand that seasons are cyclical and nothing lasts forever. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even prosperity doesn't last forever. The richest men on earth have suffered great losses, but they've also known that that's something that they can anticipate. And they've invested in certain ways to be able to shore up during that time of loss to get back to the place of, of, of gain again. And so when we understand that our lives are seasonal and cyclical, it better prepares us for a mindset for when changes happen. Our hair isn't on fire and we're not wondering, oh, what is this? You know, when we have these under, I say my book is like a Lamaze class for life, you know, just prepares you <laughs> for those times of labor, those intensive labors when we're birthing something new in our lives. That's funny. Yeah, it's like we need a 401k for the soul, you know? Yes. It's like build that bank up so that when things are lean, You've got something to draw from. Now you mentioned yes. you mentioned winter, um, and we should probably explain the God thing. But on the on the winter thing, I will say that that winter. So in Texas, you know, we don't really have winter, right? Right. Like I was in, oh, unless you're north. Uh, well, in the Panhandle the part of yeah. Texas, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Panhandle, but that's really not Texas. That we just, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but, but, so they're good. Yeah, forget. They're going to get you now. Anyone in Amarillo. <laughs> Apologies, but um, it's a whole different place out there than, than in DFW. But so here's here's the thing about winter. I go to, I like to go to the Rockies in the winter because mm -hmm. snow and winter in in the mountains is fun. But snow and winter in the Midwest, it is not fun. It is just right. cold and wet snow. Um, but in a season of life that is the the winter of the soul, uh, some people never seem to get out of it. That's true. What if you learn that, that says, okay, whatever age I'm at, because that does play into it, mm -hmm. um, no matter how rough the winter has been, I will begin again. Yes. How do you get there? You know, well, I always say no shifting without listening. Hmm. Um, look to God. Get in his face about it. Um, and then examine the associations around you because people's words around you affect how long you stay in a situation too. You know, true. if you look at the man at the pool of Bethesda, I think he was there for 38 years because of who he hung out with more so than his inability to move. He had to go to the bathroom. He had to do something. There was some ability to move, but he was with a crowd of people that said, this is all life has to offer. Mm -hmm. And I think that he got a little, um, he got a little comfortable in that situation, even though he wanted it to change. And I find that sometimes when we're in the winter of our lives, we kind of just settle in and go, oh, well, we get apathetic. We lose motivation for moving forward. We decide this is all life has to offer and we get stuck. But God is a God of movement. He's always progressing and he wants us to as well. 
So it's very important for us to get his, to open our ears to him at that point and seek wise counsel as to how to get ourselves up and running again. God wants us to keep moving. There are situations sometimes where he says, be still and know that I am God. But then there are other situations where he says, it's time to move now, Elijah. You've laid there and felt sorry for yourself long mm -hmm. enough. I sent the angels to feed you. I sent the ravens to feed you. But now the journey continues. And we've got to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit at that time, that he might give you a respite to allow you to recover from whatever setback happened to bring winter into your life. But he's got another appointment waiting. Yeah. Be sensitive to that and follow where he points. Yeah, you know that story, the, the, the man at, at that pool who had been there for so long, one of, the, one of the most interesting stories, I think, in the New Testament, because Jesus says, do you, do you want to be healed? And you do think, you want to be whole? I know. Do you <laughs> want to be whole? I mean, like, right? You, you know he did. But yeah. then the man's response of mm -hmm. the litany of excuses as to why excuses. he couldn't. I mean, it was kind of a victimization mindset, and it wasn't yes. untrue. And I think when I got, kind of get to the bottom of that one, I go, okay, he realized that with without god's help he he couldn't and i think that's right. okay to, for us to realize that yes. you know and and almost i mean i think we kind of have to have that and that's the beauty of when jesus says okay then here i'm going to tell you what to do it's beyond your own power but because i'm telling you to do it you'll be able to do it and exactly. that's what we got to be expecting right because he gave him exact instructions he said get up and he didn't say just get up he said pick up your mat you know, <laughs> this is a funny story. I went to the Western Hotel one time and the bed felt so good. I had to have that mattress. So I ordered the mattress. The day it came, I laid on, it was like, oh my gosh, this is like heaven, right? <laughs> and I'd be at work thinking about climbing back into bed, right? <laughs> I said, I'm never getting up from this mattress again. And, and sometimes the situations in life can actually get comfortable. Yeah. And when you look at what got you there, you go, you gravitate back to it. I mean, he said, pick up your mat because he knew there'd be a temptation for him to look back at it and crawl back into the same position. He said, pick up your mat and walk. Mm -hmm. He gave him three things to do to get out of that situation. And that's why we have to stay prayerful. And Randy, I am, to be perfectly honest, I'm so burdened at, at this time. Um, in, in church history and, and, and Christendom, I feel like we've become, the body has become spiritually narcissistic and biblically illiterate. And that doesn't help us to keep moving forward in life. It does give us a victim mentality. And so we've got to get back to the basics of the word, knowing God's heart, knowing his mind, knowing his intentions towards us so that we can realign our thinking. When we talk about kingdom living, righteousness is not just salvation it's right alignment with god with mm -hmm. his thought processes mm -hmm. and understanding of his will and purpose and plan that's what leads to peace and ultimately gives us joy and so i i just really encourage people that know what season you're in but don't get stuck in the season it's going to change nothing comes to stay it comes to pass and you need to get in god's face and be prepared for your next does a little bit of that perspective for you come from spending so much time overseas outside of our American church culture? 
I think so. I mean, I have to say that when we live in America, we can become rather myopic. I always uh-huh. joke and say that's why we call the World Series the World Series and we're only playing ourselves. <laughs> that's <laughs> Not funny. playing the world, you know. Yeah. But there's a big world out there with people adjusting to different circumstances that we've never had to deal with. And I really call them the overcomers because they don't just survive. They thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, they find a way to make it. Um, Because there's an instinct in all of us as human beings to live, to thrive, to be fruitful, Mm -hmm. no matter what. And you see that happening in different ways. You know, when you get to Africa, there's such an entrepreneurial spirit. And can I tell you, those people can pray and worship like nobody's business. I, I know it. And I think God I just smiles it. on them, yeah. you know, because sometimes you wonder, how are they making it in certain pockets, right? Yeah. But I believe that God is, is the, the favor of God is on that place because they are so much in pursuit of God. And um, I think that sometimes we have so many distractions here, yeah, pleasantries that fluff up our flesh that it really pulls us away from that center place of being focused on God. And he says, I'll guide you with my eye. That means you gotta be looking into his eyes. If I'm looking into your eyes, you look that way. I'm looking to see where you're looking. And I think that we're more concerned with ourselves than what's on God's heart these days. When we get back to that place, the seasons of our life, yes, there's an evolution that happens, but we don't experience those high highs and low lows because the center of our core trust in the intentions of God and where he's taking us. Yeah, so true. All right. I want you to explain the Ghana connection to people, but real quick, I want to show them your book. This is When Shift Happens by Michelle McKinney Hammond, available now wherever you wherever you like to get your books. Um, but just a resource for you to kind of help you walk through some of the principles and read more about the things that she's had to deal with. Um, and sometimes, you know, the best way to learn is through other people's struggles. So yeah. hopefully either you don't have to go through them, you can learn the lessons, or when you do go through the struggles, you, you already are armed with some some principles that will help you walk through it. But we've, we've referenced Ghana a couple of times. And for those that don't know you, uh, tell them what's going on with you. I think that's a beautiful and fascinating thing. Well, my father is Ghanaian, and um we were separated at birth act when I was uh, two years old. Mm. My mom and dad separated and she shipped me off to uh, uh, Barbados, where my mother is from. And uh, they were students in London when they met. So I was born in London. And miraculously, Randy, I found where my father was. My, my aunt was going to Africa doing a whole big tour. And I asked her if she could find my father. Uh, it was my last year of high school. And when she checked into the hotel, in Ghana, she asked the bellman, had he ever heard of a George Hammond? And he said, yes, he's our bank president. He comes here with his clients every day at five. Wow. So that's how my father was found. Wow. And uh, we had an amazing relationship and reunion. And when he passed on, he left his life in my lap. <laughs> I thought I was just going to attend a funeral and found out, nope, you're in charge of all this stuff. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> I was going back and forth, uh, trying to balance life in America and Ghana. And I was just getting physically exhausted. And I asked God, God, what should I do? And he said, I want you to move to Ghana. This mm. is going to be an Abraham move for you. I'm not even going to tell you what I have waiting there for you. I just want you to obey. And so 12 years later, here I sit saying, I have not regretted obeying God. That was my next, and it keeps unfolding next and next and next. So now I'm just part-time in America and part-time there. And uh, 
it's just it's been a wonderful well and, and that that's a major shift yeah <laughs> a major well. shift that what? was a pivot <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right yeah that was a pivot <laughs> so what 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 all have you seen because i know you've seen some pretty cool things what's what's god doing uh, in in Ghana, and do you get to see outside of Ghana and kind of West Africa more in general? Yeah, I've actually I've been to Kenya. Uh, I go to South Africa quite a bit. Oh, okay, you're all I over speak, them. Speak there, yeah. I go to Nigeria. I speak in Nigeria quite a bit, um, and so um, I I get to go around. But for me, the thing about ministry in Ghana is their commitment to prayer, their commitment to worship. Uh, you know, most of the churches there have all night prayer on Friday, at least um, um, once a month. So uh, the first Friday of every uh, every month, they're in church from like 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And it's all about seeking the face of God, prayer, worship um, and the culture. I mean, the culture is actually Christian in, in a sense, you mm. know. Um, which sometimes waters it down because everybody's a Christian. You got to figure out, you know, okay, I, do you know Jesus's cousin or do you really know Jesus? You know, are you really living for him? Or are you just going to church every Sunday because it's the social club? Yeah. So there is an element of that, but there's a high consciousness of God. As you know, I mean, Africans are very spiritual people. Mm -hmm. They know the dark side as well as the light side. And so I think that they don't take for granted some things that are taken for granted in America. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And that's interesting because you're kind of surrounded, right? You got Nigeria's real close to, to Ghana. Um, mm -hmm. there, there is a bit of uh, threat from some of the uh, Islamists there mm -hmm. in, the, in that region. Uh, yes. So, I mean, it's not. In the north, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a little, little precarious at, at times and in, in places uh, around you, at least. So. Yes, and it's interesting because in Ghana, there's very much a harmony between the Muslim community and the Christian community. Mm. You know, we honor each other's holidays. We pray together. Um, it, there really is a harmony there, and it, it's beautiful, and I pray that it stays that way. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. All right, so I, I kind of like to end this uh, with addressing, you know, the people out there that are thinking, yeah, I mean, I've I've had that— earthquake shake uh, and change in my life and I'm, I, I, I don't know you know I, I don't know I don't know what's going to happen I don't know what's going to where this is going to go I don't know where God is in it right mm -hmm. what, what would you say to that person that's going through that major shift right now first of all I would say get quiet mm. and really seek the face of God about what's next for me and then don't draw back in fear and don't keep focusing on the past. We know Lot's wife got stuck doing that. We don't know why she looked back. She was told not to, but she did. And um, so keep looking forward, keep moving forward because the Holy Spirit will keep urging you forward. And if you're making the wrong step, he'll give you that check in your spirit for you to know that that's not where you should be going. But trust the instinct that God has put in you through his spirit to keep moving forward and get excited get excited about the opportunities. You know, during COVID, a lot of people chafed about having to stay in the house. And I felt I get to stay in the house. And I'm telling you, attitude is everything. When you say you have to do something, you're stuck. <laughs> Your options become very minimal. 
When you say I get to do something, it opens a world of options and opportunities that you can pick from. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's, that's true too, man. It's all about perspective, you know, and, and yeah. the closer we get to God's perspective on things, the more things I think make sense, but sometimes not sense in the way that the world would say makes sense. Does that right. make sense? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. some of the stuff he tells us, it just sounds crazy. Yeah. But once you take that leap of faith, you get to have that aha moment on the other side of it. And that's what yeah. faith is, actually. Yeah. It's it's believing that God will meet you on the other mm. side of your obedience. God doesn't need your faith. You do. Mm. And when you follow him, it's always good. He says all things, all things work to the good for those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. So every shift is a detour. It's not the end. And, you know, there ain't no miracle in working good things for good. The miracles in working the bad things for good. Exactly. Oh, well, that's all right. I love it. All right. I want to hit one more thing real quick. Uh, and this is your website. It is michellehammond.com. And you see the book there. But if you go over here to ministry, you, you can drop down to this conference you've got a couple of conferences coming up in the spring yeah. if somebody's in atlanta or chicago i just at least want to let them know about it but tell tell us what's going on there the lead the diva principle workshop uh conference is a very different kind of conference you're not going to come and see a bunch of speakers it is an intensive workshop day that i lead you through navigating through emotional intelligence um self-identity issues um how to lead like a woman, <laughs> get what you get, what you need and want in a man's world, the godly way. Um, I'm re-releasing my book, The Diva Principle, in May, and this is a celebration of that. But it's also an opportunity for me to have an interactive experience with women that really want to take their lives to the next level on different things. And so we're going to be in Atlanta. Uh, April 27th and 26th and 27th and May 3rd and 4th in Chicago. So if you go to the website, you can see the dates and register. And there's a very special one, Randy. I'm having a Diva Principal Conference in Ghana, West Africa. Nice. That will have a tour and then the conference. And that's in 2025, but they can sign up now so they can have time to pay and be ready to join me in Ghana, West Africa. exciting times that's great no i love that you're doing that uh i appreciate you i appreciate what what god's doing in your life and you saying okay god didn't expect that but where are you in it and what's next (laughs) right that's right i love it appreciate all you guys out there watching do check out our website michellehammond.com and you can pick up the book wherever you get books whatever you're going through god's in it somewhere keep your eyes on him Appreciate you being here. Hit share if you want to encourage somebody. And like, follow, subscribe. And you get notifications of more good interviews. And I'll see you again tomorrow here on Life Today Live. Thank you.